0: Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Strength over the scale. Hey there and welcome to another episode. This week we are talking with Kim Schlag from Kim Schlag Fitness. Kim is a personal trainer and nutrition coach for women over 40, a lifter of heavy things, and she specializes in helping perimenopausal women and helping you fall in love with strength training. Let's get into it. So, what's going on in Kim Kim Schlag Fitness world? Um, what's
1: going
2: on? Uh, just working hard. Woke up sick. That's annoying. I don't have time for sick guys. No. <laughs> no. like,
0: who does? No. Who does?
2: Like, come on.
0: <laughs> Would, uh, like a cold or
2: uh, yeah, just a cold. You, just, you know, I just feel really run down. I'm all stuffed up, and I'm thinking I'm going through boxes of tissues. I've got like three podcast recordings to do today, and so guys, if I have to blow my nose, I'll turn around and be
1: quiet.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, oh,
1: well, thanks for joining us, even though yeah, you're sick. Oh man. Oh, oh, you got some new gear. I see. Is
2: that a uh, yeah? I got a couple months ago. I finally got my Kim fitness gear. Oh, I love excited it about that.
0: Nice. nice. Is that something you do you have a, a merch store or is that just something you yeah, give just, out like the clients and freebies and things like I that? I do
2: have a merch store but I never like said I didn't set it up cuz i'm like trying to make money with this. I use it um in my um course in my group, my membership as prizes. Um Okay. For okay. whatever okay. I want. Typically I give prizes. I really want to encourage people. I just I, I help people with fat loss, but I don't want to talk about fat loss all the friggin' time. And so nope. I really yeah. want to help these women get strong. And so the thing I want from them, I want to see form checks. Like I want people to be posting their lifts. And so we run a contest every single month. Every time you post a form check, you get an entry to win. Okay. And that's how I'm like getting lots of people like lifting. And then everyone's talking about their lifting and not just talking about their friggin' scale weight.
1: Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So let's, so let's talk about, so now let's talk about your mental, your, um, your group. I'd love to hear about the, you
2: actually can't just get into my membership. Um, My membership is specifically for women who have been through my course. I work with women who are 40 and over, and that's who I specialize in. I actually ended up doing that simply because all these women who were over 40 in perimenopause started contacting me. The more I was like upfront about what I was dealing with in perimenopause, I'd get all these women contacting me and they're like, yeah, me too. And like, that's what, that's what I'm going through. And so I just, by default, started taking on a lot of clients in that age range. And, um, eventually I was like, you know what, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help these ladies get strong, help them, um, all the things. Um, and so I, that's who I worked with. So I started this course, menopause weight loss course. Women have to join that. It's an eight week course. I'm rebranding to fitter after 40 starting, um, in January because honest to goodness, most women who are in perimenopause have no idea they're in perimenopause when they start. I didn't. I didn't know for like six years. And so people mm-hmm. don't know that my course is for them because they don't self-identify as a woman who's struggling with perimenopause. Um, So I help women get strong, lose weight, um, look the way they want to look. And so that's how people get into my membership after they go through eight weeks of training with me to how do we set up our nutrition and how do we set up our training and how do we set up our mindset once we're all on the same page there, they can stay on in my month-to-month membership
1: that's a cool awesome.
0: model i like that model that's that's yeah. interesting so so they essentially do a like a course of like a, like you they they have to pass essentially the, the it's not course there's course.
1: no there's no or, there's not a test
0: you know, it's not that kind uh, of course i mean maybe they're not ready to move on to the next step right yeah. so, you
2: know i like um i like everybody to be on the same page and yeah. um with all the things whether it's how do, how do we work out? And like the fact that when I'm talking about setting up a nutrition plan, I'm not talking about like, we're cutting out carbs and fasting. Like I don't want to talk about that's not what we're doing. And so I give them that information every week of my course, they get a video module of me saying like, okay, today we're talking, we're going to talk about stress eating. We're going to learn all the things. Or today, here's how you sit. know how much protein to eat and or next week, here's how you actually set up a good training plan. Here's my training plan. Here's why we do it this way. Here's how you know if you're doing it right. And so every week they get to focus on one of these things and we meet live to kind of chat through them and I can coach them through things. So at the end of eight weeks, they have a really solid base of information after 40, 45 hour, 50 plus years of hearing all this crap just like I did. Look, I used to struggle with obesity and I kept reading all this stuff and it was all the fad stuff that you guys like, I love your approach, guys. You're always in there like busting myths and I want to give people (laughs) the solid information so that they're not like still swimming around in all these myths in their heads. Like, you know, I have to cut out carbs and have to cardio every day, several hours a day to lose weight and, you know, or I have to do keto, all the things.
1: Yeah. I think, I feel like sometimes it's hard to break through that narrative for them to like, let go of that, um, sort of, you know, always searching for the quick, um, and to actually do something that's and sustainable and focusing on getting strong rather than losing weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it
2: is hard for people because we do want the quick fix, but I will say once you get to be of a certain age, I do think it's one of the benefits of working with women of my age. They've tried the quick stuff and what did they, they've seen what happens either nothing like they can't even stick with it or yeah, it was great. And I lost all this weight and then I gained it all back and plus some more. And so yeah. once you've had that experience a number of times, you're ready for something else. And so when I come and I say like, Hey, that's not what we're doing. Like you're not losing 10 pounds the first month that we're together, mm-hmm. but the weight that you lose is going to stay off. And you're going to know how to do this permanently. Like, how do I eat permanently? How can I like still enjoy going to Christmas parties or going on vacation and not stress about the scale all the time? That's really mm-hmm. appealing to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially if if you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired of just spinning, spinning your wheels, spinning your wheels, constantly thinking about either how am I going to lose weight or when am I going to try again? Or what should I do? Like constantly thinking about your weight. Um, women are over it, right? We're over it. Mm -hmm.
0: How do you start to change that, uh, rewire their brain to, to move away from just focusing on that number on the scale? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Um, A couple of things. One, I like them to, when they're thinking about their working out part of it, I don't like them to focus on what is this going to do to the scale? Like when we're Mm -hmm. in the gym, We're not thinking about, am I burning X number of calories? Like it's not a productive way. And so we don't focus on that in the gym. We focus on getting stronger. We focus on um, performing better. And that gives them something else to think about. Um, And by doing that, they're actually getting closer to the results they want because then they're building muscle and it's going to give them the look look they want anyway. So in the gym, we have them focus on that. And then the other way to help them stop obsessing about the scale is really using multiple measures of progress. When people just use the scale, it's... (laughs) I'm not going to say they're doomed to failure, but they're much more likely to fail and just give up when I say fail give up because the scale doesn't move the way people think it's going to move, right? Right. It it is affected by so many things. And even let's just say somebody, nobody can be, but let's just say you were perfect with your eating plan and your exercise plan. The scale is still not going to neatly move down step by step by step, digit by digit by digit down. It's not the way it works. Like it's up and it's down because of, you know you had more salt than usual, you had a heavy leg day you know, you have PMS or whatever it is it's going to be all over the place. And once I can help people see that one, once they understand that, and I really teach around that a lot, they can get mm-hmm. used to like, oh, I'm supposed to look at the overall trend, not the individual dots. So I talk about that a lot. And then I help them to see like, all right, we're also going to look at your um, circumference measurements. So we're going to measure your waist and we're going to measure your hips and we're going to measure your chest and your thigh. And you're going to chart that every two to four weeks. Okay. We're going to look at what's happening there. We're going to have you try on the same pair of pants every two to four weeks and see what's happening. Do they fit differently? What does it matter if this gets only moved half a pound if you can now zip up your pants and you couldn't before right Mm -hmm. we're moving in the right direction um and then progress pictures i love side by side progress pictures i think progress pictures get a really bad rap and yes Mm -hmm. they can be used inappropriately right constantly thinking about like that's with anything or am i yeah right am i the before or am i the after there's obviously a whole lot in between but as a measure of progress it's one of the most powerful tools i think we have because you can and you have to use them right like you literally have to make side by sides get like a free app like pick stitch is the one i have my um course members yep. use you just put those pictures literally right next to each other you wear as few clothes as possible okay like i know you don't want to see that ladies but when you do it over time you're going to be able to see the differences if you're wearing big baggy clothes it's harder to see so sports bra and bathing suit bottoms or tight fitting shorts like you know bike shorts and a and a sports bra that kind of thing bikini whatever Side by side, facing forward, backward, both sides, put those pictures, do it every single month, and you're going to start seeing progress. It's amazing what you can see. So, even yes. like, you know, a lot of people think they should be losing a big number, but, you know, one pound per week, half a pound per week, really good. So, you get to the end of the month, you've lost two pounds. But when you see these pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, look mm-hmm. how different my midsection looks, or look at how different my face looks, or my arms, or whatever it is, wow, that is motivating.
1: It really is. It's mind blowing too. Even as like a coach, it blows me away how the scale really is just, it's irrelevant in the big scheme of things. It it truly is.
0: It truly is. Yeah. Especially, and I have, I have a client who's gone through the change um, the last couple of years and she lost a little bit of weight when we first started working together. We've been working together over a year now and her weight um, has pretty much been stalled for the last six to nine months. Comes to find out she had some hormonal issues going on, so she got her hormones checked, which we talk about a lot. If you think there's something going on there, get them checked. So we found out that there was something going on there, so she got on thyroid med- medication, and scale still isn't moving. However, she just did her yearly. Um, she she compared her progress pictures from now to a year ago. Same exact weight, but completely different body body composition. Um, she's it's got cutting. so much more muscle definition, midsections trimmed up, tightened up. Um, it's just, it just goes to show you that that damn scale is a dirty, dirty liar.
1: (laughs) It's
2: true. It's true. Mm -hmm. And especially for somebody who doesn't have a ton of weight to lose. Look, if you have a hundred pounds to lose, yes, that scale is going to go down. It would not, things would not be correct if it's not going down. But if you're somebody who's like, I want to lose five pounds, I want to lose 10 pounds. Like, I feel like I look a little bit soft or flabby. It is totally possible for the scale to move, not at all, or just a couple of pounds and for you to look completely different. Um, It's amazing. And that is stunning to people. It is stunning when they're like, I, cause they feel like something's wrong because it's not moving. And it takes me a bit to get them to start seeing the evidence that something's happening. And then they can latch onto it and be like, wow, like, okay, I'm fine at being whatever pounds. If this is how I get to look at that weight.
1: Yeah. yeah in fact I' I'm, deal- I'm going through that right now I'm getting professional fitness photos taken at the end of January so I'm documenting it on my stories and Instagram I don't know if you've seen Kim my, it's been tw- 12 days and the scale has barely moved right but I only have like five maybe five pounds it's not even that you know that much but I'm trying to show people that my weight might not change but my measurements and my pictures mm-hmm. will. Yeah. So I'm getting yeah. To the yeah. like, Oh my God, I would have quit by now. It's like, you can't quit. You have to be consistent. You have to take measurements. You have to take photos. You have to look at the whole entire picture. Um, so it's, it's, don't look at one cool. or two
0: data points. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's that's really important. Like looking
2: at, and that's why I don't really love weekly weigh-ins because it mm-hmm. takes too long to build up a good um, database. So you can yeah. assess it. Um, I think it's a terrible way to go about losing weight. I would much rather yeah. have somebody, not weigh at all than to weigh Mm -hmm. just one time a week. So weighing daily is my top favorite and practicing like how to moderate your reaction to what the scale says, you know, saying like, this is just data, you know, and you can notice trends. Like it's a good thing to start noticing. Oh, when I eat Chinese food, like the scales up three or four pounds, that's, that's fine to notice it, but to not have what you do next, like I'm skipping breakfast. Cause I didn't like the number or like, oh, I like the number. I can have two cupcakes instead of the one I had planned, you know, either way, we don't want what the number says to impact how we behave that day. Mm-hmm. So I really do like daily, if not daily, at least three times a week. And if somebody doesn't want to do that, I'm just like, let's just not be somebody who weighs. Yeah.
0: Totally. Which is absolutely fine. So then yeah, you start looking at, well. into those other ways of measuring, right. That you talked about with exactly. the same pair. I like the same pair of pants thing. That's yeah, clever. That, that's really yeah. good.
2: And it should be of same pair of pants without a um, an elastic waistband. So like jeans or even a <laughs> skirt, anything that has an actual solid waistband, not elastic.
0: That right. makes sense. With the pandemic, I feel like most people probably have the elastic the elastic pants right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's true. Look, I'm sitting here not have- on the bottoms, guys.
0: They're elastic. <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing joggers. That's like my my go to joggers or sweatpants or something. So yeah i mean as coaches that's it's, it's comfortable we don't leave our house as much right it's so. true
2: it's true you just saw my dog wandering i know you guys can't see who are listening my dog just wandered on i'm wandering the neighborhood in my pajamas all the time now because i have to take her out for walks she doesn't care that i don't feel well and i want to stay in my pajamas so right. i was already out today in a pair of crocs and my flannel plaid pajamas Love <laughs> Wand- <it. laughs> wandering the neighborhood <laughs>
0: nice nice so With you, um, working with women that are perimenopausal, you know, above 40, what, and you mentioned something there that a lot of women don't even realize that they're actually starting that change. Yeah. What are, what are some things that you look for or that you, that, that you can offer up for people? Like this, this is, could be happening to you and you don't even realize it.
2: Yeah. So menopause itself, which is once we've been without a cycle for uh, an entire year. So if you've been period free for an entire year, And you're obviously not younger, because that would be a problem. But if you if you know you're in that late 40s, early 50s, and once you've been without that cycle for a year, then you are menopausal. The average age of menopause is 51. Perimenopause is all the time leading up to that, and it's when we're often very symptomatic, and that can start up to a decade before. So basically wow. if you're a woman in your forties and you're having symptoms and I can share some of those with you, it's something to consider. Like I might be in perimenopause and that probably is going to shock people to be like, I'm 42 or 43 and I can be in perimenopause. Yes, indeed. And I was, my very first symptom was vertigo. I had no idea, I had never even heard the word perimenopause. And I certainly didn't know this was a symptom of it. And I ended up in the, the emergency room with vertigo. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and then it happened a couple more times. Still didn't know it was menopause. I started having, I've developed seasonal allergies after a lifetime of zero problem with allergies. Um, I started having vasomotor symptoms. So those are like hot flashes and things. The hot flashes came later at first. I was having this weird thing where my hands would get icy cold. So cold that I'd be like wearing gloves to type. I was convinced guys that it was just around the corner that I was getting diagnosed with something bad. Like I was just like, is this MS? Like, what is wrong with me? I had this like this electric zapping sensation in my brain i was like this is what a stroke feels like like what is this and this was from the time i was like 42 43 all the way up till i was like 46 that's how many years it was before i first heard the word perimenopause and somebody started t- it was actually Amanda Thieb. i don't know if you guys know amanda um she's yeah. another but she starts talking about this and i'm like wait a minute what are these symptoms and what is this perimenopause thing i had no idea and so those are some of the common symptoms obviously changes in your period which i um i was noticing but it didn't occur to me Um, but that's what that was. If your cycles start, um, lengthening the time between them or getting more intense, um, you know, with the amount of, of blood you're having, that's can be a symptom, um, hot flashes. That's the big one that most people notice for me, that didn't happen until I was like 48. Um, and that's when people are like, Oh, I've heard of this, right? That seems to yeah. be the one we all know about. Yeah. Lashes, night sweats, brain fog. That's a terrible one. Because um, mm-hmm. that one that question, like, am I getting early uh, early onset Alzheimer's? Like, I literally, I can't remember things from one moment to the next. I just, I can't do it. My kid thinks like, sometimes she looks at me and I can tell she's worried. Like mm-hmm. we say, we say a blessing on our food every night before dinner. And just the other night, um, I started to cut my food. I'm like, oh guys, we need to say the blessing. And she looked at me, she's like, We literally said it. You said it. (laughs) And I was like, I said it. (laughs) She's like, she looked at me, she's like, Are you okay? And I had no memory
0: of it happening. What the
2: heck is that?
0: That's intense.
2: It is. And so this brain fog where like you can't can't remember things, or you can't like think straight about things. This fog is a really good way to put it. So it's a whole it's a whole nasty conglomeration of, of symptoms. Um, you know, the idea, if you start noticing, and this is where, you know, women come to me, look, I don't help people with all those things. I just said, that's like doctor stuff, but I want to connect people. I want to help connect those dots. Like, Hey, this is happening. And then we start talking about like, what's happening with our physique during all this. And Mm -hmm. you likely are noticing like all of a sudden your weight is shifting to your middle as we lose our estrogen, as we head into perimenopause, where we store our excess fat tends to shift to our stomach. So we have this like menopause belly. And if you're looking down, you're like, Hey, where'd that come from? That's where it's not your destiny to permanently have that. You can still lose it. It is shifting where you store your excess fat, Mm -hmm. not causing you to store excess fat. And so you still lose that fat the same way you lose fat anywhere else. Just like you lose fat on your legs or your arms. We cannot pick where the fat comes off, but with a sustained calorie deficit, you can lose that stomach fat.
1: And I think that's, that's interesting that you say that too, because I think a lot of people I've gained so much weight because I'm going into menopause, um, you know, my belly and the fat, but really they're in a surplus, but the, Calories are over shifting in the, you know, other areas.
2: Yeah, the excess fat is shifting. And look, and there are other Mm -hmm. reasons we're likely gaining weight. Part of it is just our life stage. We're really busy, right? We've got kids, we've got aging parents. Maybe our careers are picking up. We're likely sitting more doing a lot of what I'm doing right now, just sitting at my desk because we're working. We're not chasing babies and toddlers we're not, you know, walking across a college campus anymore. We're not, you know, teenagers playing after-school sports. We do a heck of a lot of sitting. So we're not moving as much as we once were. Maybe we're, um, you know, maybe we're really stressed out. That's something that comes along with menopause too. Sometimes like, you know, you have a lot of added stress. Anxiety comes along with menopause. Mm-hmm. Are you self-medicating that anxiety with more wine? Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, That's you know, a good point. Are, are you managing the fact that you're struggling with sleep now? by staying up at 11, 12, one, two o'clock at night, eating like we're awake more now because we're not sleeping well, are you eating? And so somewhere we're getting these extra calories. And then where we're often noticing it, those that excess fat sit is in our stomach. And so really managing our stress, improving our sleep, and then getting into a sustained calorie deficit. Those are the keys.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So still more, those fundamentals that, that you focus on anytime, right. But just absolutely more prevalent and more important than at, at that stage.
2: Yeah. You know, here's the thing. The way a woman is going to lose weight in perimenopause or menopause is not going to be different. What is different is we have these added hurdles to manage. So we have to manage like what's going on by their sleep. Like we're just generally feeling terrible. Like if you're just generally feeling like, tired which is a big symptom you know you're just generally feeling tired and all of a sudden your seasonal allergies are acting up and you didn't even know you had them and you're having these explosive periods like are you going to want to go to the gym are you going to want to make your nice salad and chicken are you going to like want to eat oreos and lay on the sofa right and so we have to manage those those extra hurdles
0: right on right on do does does your approach to fitness, uh, change then for anybody that's going through uh, perimenopause in terms of like added cardio or changing like the intensity of their workouts or, or anything like that?
2: Not so much. I mean, we really do. Um, I really do emphasize strength training and Those are the two big things. Yeah. Look, we're losing muscle as we age. We start losing muscle at the age of 30. Over 40, like your chances of breaking a bone due to osteoporosis are so high. And so what we want to do is protect you and get you healthy. We want you to be able to be a woman who can get off the toilet without needing assistance when you're 70. And so it's really important to build your muscle. And so I emphasize strength training with with everyone I train, specifically when I started training women over 40, this is a big emphasis and a lot of them have really focused on cardio for most of their lives. Yeah. Right. And I know right. I had until you know I saw the light in my early 40s about what lifting would do not only for my physique, cause it really is a game changer for how you look, but for also how well you're going to age and be able to care for yourself. So we emphasize strength training and doing it appropriately. And then I emphasize daily movement, um, because we're just not getting enough of it. And it's important for our health day. Generally, you know, our, the reduction in all cause mortality that comes from just moving more that keeps increasing all the way up to 7,500 steps. So if you're a person and you're like, you're like, I don't move at all, you know, just increasing from 3,000 steps to 4,000 to 5,000 over time, getting up to that 7,500, that has amazing health benefits. And yeah. then for weight loss, it helps. And I typically have people sell somewhere between 7,500 and 12,000 steps daily to help with that weight loss piece of it. So those are the two big parts of it. Not that I have anything against cardio. I, mm-hmm. I have people I work with who are runners. Great. We can have you run. It's not, it's not the biggest tool in our toolbox for weight loss. Yeah,
0: for sure for sure we can beth and i catch a lot of shit for talking about that actually because we don't we're not advocates for running as a way of as a a method of weight loss either and yeah there's a lot there's a lot of confusion out there with people saying like yeah especially with like this i'll go here visceral fat and subcutaneous fat in the belly and things like that like with cardio and i'm like you guys are just muddying the waters a little bit with that you know and like let's be strong. And I love that you just keep talking about being strong. Cause that's what I'm all about. That's what Beth is all about. And that's what this podcast mm-hmm. is all about. And yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking back to this comment I had on TikTok, like last week, actually Um, this woman in her seventies actually left me a comment. And she said, um, I have, I want to lose, I have 10 pounds to lose or this and this and this, and what would you recommend? And I said, I'll be honest with you, I said, why do you want to lose 10 pounds? I said, that's a very small number. I said, what does that Mm -hmm. number mean to you? And she answered it. And her answer, I I don't remember what it was, but then I, I replied to her and I said, honestly, I think you'd be better off hiring somebody to work with you in person with getting you stronger. I said, that's going to benefit you long run. It's going to improve the quality of your life. And she's like, you're right. I'm like, fucking yes. This is amazing. You know,
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: that 10 pound number people don't really realize when they say I want to lose 10 pounds, They don't um, often, not everybody, but often don't realize the impact of adding strength training into the mix, like progressive strength training, where they really start building muscle. They have no idea what that can do and what that can look like. It can look like you've lost way more than 10 pounds. If you add that in for the first time, the first time, so I used to, I struggled with obesity in my thirties, um, lost and gained weight, lost and gained weight. Um, finally got into like a sustainable calorie deficit and started adding strength training for the first time. Now, like I said, I had lost a lot of weight in the past, but I had never lost weight and had my body look as different as it did. It was the first time that I looked in the mirror. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I get it. Now. If I eat properly and strength train, I finally start looking the shape. Cause I remember before the first time I had lost 40 pounds and I looked in the mirror and I got to the weight I thought I wanted to be. And I looked and I was like, that's not what it's supposed (laughs) to look like. (laughs) Like, Yeah. where's the shape in my arms? Like, where is it? Well, I hadn't built the shape of my arms with any muscle, but I didn't know that. And it's a missing link for so many people so that I want to lose 10 pounds, a big piece of that. And look, you might have some fat you want to lose, but a big piece of that is let's get you strength training and build that muscle. The shape of your body can change so much. Yeah,
0: Yeah. absolutely. I love that.
1: Do you feel like a lot of women are intimidated um, to start strength training? Sure. Like who's not intimidated by something they don't know how to do,
2: right? Like, I'm intimidated by stuff I don't know how to do. And so Mm -hmm. if you've never really spent any time doing it, yeah, it can be intimidating. And then you add on to the fact that, you know, for so long, it's been characterized as like a man thing. And you go to the gym. I, when I first started lifting and the guy who I was lifting with, he's like, invited me to train with him. And I'm like, like up there where you train, like I'm over here, like on my cardio equipment. And I touch this little rack of dumbbells, like over there where there's like big bars and grunting people, Mm -hmm. like I'm going over there. It can like that environment can feel really intimidating, yeah. but you know, some of the things that can really help with that is one getting somebody to help you. So like get a coach either in person or online. If you're like, I can't afford any of that, like go search YouTube. I've got a ton of YouTube videos. Beth, mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, you guys have some, like watch some good tutorials, like learn how to goblet squat, learn how to row, learn how to do a push up. learn how to do a lunge, how to do an overhead press. What did I miss? What did I miss guys? Uh, learn how to do a chest press. Like That's learn it. that and you can, you can do that in your home. Like you could like watch a video of me goblet squatting and practice it at home with not being in a gym so that when you show up at the gym, you're like, I know what a goblet squat is. I'm going to go do it. And I have literally walked clients through like, you're going to go to the gym and you're just going to go in and look where things are. And you're going to find a treadmill because you know how to walk and you're going to walk on it until you feel comfortable doing that. And then once you can walk in and you can sit down and stand on your treadmill and look around we're going to do this. They would goblet squat at home. They'd be sure they know how to do it. They would do their treadmill workout, go get a weight and do one set of goblet squats. And then we would work them up over time to feeling confident. Like I know where the weights are. I know how to do this one exercise. Okay. Now I'm going to add on a second exercise. So if you're really hesitant, it doesn't have to be like this all or nothing. You can go in and do a little bit um, and just add on, start building your confidence. Honestly, getting a coach in person, if you're really that nervous yeah. would be
1: best, but not everybody has the means to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love the fact that you just, just getting them in the gym first and yeah. being comfortable in the environment and then yeah. like baby steps to the, uh, to the dumbbells.
2: Yes, absolutely. And here's the thing. I have not met a woman yet who regrets that she started strength training, not mm-hmm. a single one. And I will tell you, I've had plenty of women come to me with zero interest in doing it, but they wanted to lose weight. They wanted to look good. And they didn't think they'd ever feel excited about doing a push-up. Heck if they didn't get excited a few months later when they started realizing like, oh my wow. gosh, like I can do like, I can lift heavy stuff. And like, it always warms my heart to see them like. I'm excited about getting my first push-up, or I'm excited because like I just, you know, I picked up the 25 pound dumbbells for my chest press. I can't believe I can do that. It gets yeah. really exciting um, to witness yourself becoming physically strong when you just in your previously had never seen that as something that would you would identify with.
1: It's empowering. I was
0: just Absolutely. gonna say that. Empowering. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely it is.
0: I love that. Um, what are some other metrics? Not metrics, but um Standards you could put out there for strength that you like to see people kind of strive towards. I, I know everybody's different with what str- what strength is for them, but you mentioned the the push up. A lot of people want to do like a pull up or a chin up, yeah, or awesome. or literally just like you mentioned earlier, sta- sitting up and standing up from a, a sitting down into a chair unassisted without mm-hmm. using your hands and things like that.
2: Absolutely. Look, it's going to depend person to person. For a lot of people, it really is just getting started. Like they've never done it. And for me, the standard for them is let's get you in the gym and let's have you hold dumbbells and do any of those basic moves. If we're talking about somebody who's like, okay, like I'm familiar, like I've done some, I've done some working out. Like, what's I want to get excited about a goal? What are some things I could work toward? First, good push up or like a set of push ups. Once you get one really good one, you know, getting like your first five or your first ten getting a chin up. That's another big one. Um, Mm -hmm. back squatting your body weight. That's a Mm. huge one. And and there's no reason you can't do that. So back squatting your body weight or deadlifting one and a half to two times your body weight. And you might hear that and be like, what the heck, can I actually do that? There's no reason you can't, there's no reason you can't. I've had women of all ages who, um, work towards that goal. So those are some of my favorites.
0: I love that. Do you, do you work, um, do you prefer any type of a dead, deadlift variation for, for your clients or do you kind of use like their own, their unique body types to determine that, whether it's a, you know, a hex bar squat or a sumo yeah. or a conventional or dumbbell squat, uh, deadlift? sorry.
2: Yeah, more of the women I work with than that don't have access to like a hex bar or trap bar situation. So we don't, I don't typically um, start with that, but it'd be a great place to start. It's a nice, easy setup for that. Yeah. So typically I'll start people um, with a sumo deadlift just because, um, it's pretty easy to get, um, it's easier for people to learn is what I've found um, to get into the positioning correctly for that one, but, um, whichever one they, and then I have them try both conventional and sumo and whichever one feels better for them. And there's no, there's no one right, right. Like, look, I started out as a conventional deadlifter. Um, my coach, my coach is Jordan Syatt. And when Jordan told me he wanted me to switch to sumo, I was like, I hate it. Like, I hate it. And he's like, you give me a few months. I'm telling you, you're going to be. And I was like, I was way stronger at sumo and then ended up always pulling sumo, you know, for when I, I, I used to compete in powerlifting, I would always pull. Sumo. I was gonna say, Yeah. Uh, so you don't know which one you're going to like, but you try them both and see which is a, a better fit for you. New Let's things. talk about the powerlifting. I think that I didn't time. know that. Yeah. 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 So what age did you start doing or did you do that? 45 is when I started power. Oh, I, I
1: would still be doing it today if it wasn't for stupid COVID, guys. Um, that's so- right. We were supposed to do the up, uh, we were supposed to meet up for that powerlifting meet. Yes, I was actually members in Pe- Pennsylvania or something.
2: Yes, I was. I am so I competed in four meets. Um, Jordan's been my coach for them. Really awesome. loved doing it. Um, deadlift is my favorite lift. Uh, I love all of it though. Um, that's not true. I hate squats. I just do them because it's part of it. <laughs> I hate <them>.
0: Beth, you <laughs> I hate squats I too.
1: I do too. I just I like I hate them. them. <laughs> I, I mean, I, every time they're programmed for me, I'm like, I can't do, I can't do that. I just can't. do them.
0: <laughs> I, I love squats, but anything over five reps, I hate that's like, oh, squat,
1: I do cardio,
0: you know, like, no, please. I, don't, I, don't, I don't do know. too.
1: My hips are just always so tight
2: and it's just, yeah. I find them mentally challenging. That, that idea that there really is this heavy load on my back and I have to stand back up with it to me is just, it's intimidating. And so like over the years I've had to really work through that and like push through it. And, but I find it really satisfying. So yeah, I love competing in powerlifting. I think it's a great thing for women to try. Um, Mm -hmm just builds a lot of confidence, like being able to do this in the powerlifting community. Wow. They're an amazing group of people. The first time I showed up at a powerlifting meet, like, look, I had an online coach, so I wasn't there with a coach. I had friends come with me. They didn't know a darn thing about lifting in general. They certainly didn't know anything about powerlifting. And so it was just like me and Mm -hmm. they could not have been nicer. Like I started talking to these women. They're like, you're here alone. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I've never really done this. I'm like, I'd obviously I'd gone to a meet and I'd Watched a whole lot of like videos on YouTube, so I knew what was going to happen. But I was a nervous wreck. This woman took me under her wing, like had me over there sitting with her and her coach. She's like, okay, now we're warming up, and now I'll do this. The the community is so supportive. Like, I love, I love it.
0: And maybe well, I'll do, and do that.
2: that. Um. So the reason I started doing it is when I lost all the weight, you know, was not obese anymore. Started getting into strength training. I just naturally who I found were were bodybuilders. So Amanda Latana, um, Aaron Stern, all these like Miss Olympias, right. This is who I found. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I guess that's what I do. So I would train like them. Um, it got to a point where I was like, um, I like, I like having some kind of goal. And so I was like, I guess maybe I'll enter a bodybuilding show, but yet it didn't really sit right with me for a couple of reasons. One, I'd worked really hard to get healthy. And I just had this feeling that the next couple of steps because I gotten lean enough, that like, it would be time to like hire a coach and like start spending 12 weeks. I had this like really, and I don't, I'm not saying I think bodybuilding is unhealthy for every pe- every person out there. But I had this feeling that what I was about to do was actually going to be not healthy when I'd worked so hard to get healthy that. And the fact that my personal sense of modesty, the idea of getting on a stage and like having my bare butt showing and like showing it to people like the way you have to do, like, it just didn't feel, it just didn't feel like me, but I was going to do it. And then I randomly found this online powerlifting, um, class for women. It was this group, her name's, um, uh, JVB, what the heck's Jen, Jennifer Vogelzang Blake. Um, she's starting this powerlifting group for women. It was a group coaching to go from like, I don't know what powerlifting is to I'm ready to compete in a meet. And so I joined this group and it was amazing. Like it was amazing. That's how, that's where I learned how to squat, deadlift, bench press. Cause I had done a little bit of that with a barbell before, yeah. but I'd never had anybody like really show me how to do it. And so I did that there and that's how I, that's how I got into it. And then I signed up for, I, Jordan became my coach and I signed up for my first meet and I, you know, did four. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love that.
0: that. I
2: love that. Yeah. I might do it again someday, but you know, COVID just really got in the way. There weren't any meets. And then I actually got long haul COVID. And so, you know, it's just, I've just kind of gotten away from it. I still train, but I haven't competed. Yeah.
1: So you've, you, so I know you were sick. You did get COVID because I remember no. that you weren't sure. Or... yeah, And I guess
2: technically I'm still not sure Beth. the doctors were not sure. It started out, they thought it was pneumonia, but I got diagnosed, but that I had pneumonia sitting in my bed, like having a meeting like this, there was no like, right there was no lung x-ray or anything. It was just based on symptoms and I'd had pneumonia in the past and it wasn't until the pneumonia wouldn't get better. And I was like, look, I've had pneumonia. I should not be getting worse at five weeks, six weeks. I should be getting better. And then I got worse and worse and worse. And you know, we were three months in and I was still getting worse. Um, you know, and then I sent me to see a pulmonologist and an ENT and the pulmonologist said, look, we're likely never going to know was this COVID was it not COVID. He's like, we're just going to treat the symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. but gosh, guys, I was still sick months later and yeah. I never, that yeah. I mean, and the complications just piled up. I lost my voice. Like I couldn't speak. I had vocal cord dysfunction. Um, it was terrible. It was one of the worst things that's ever happened to me.
0: I actually yeah. have a friend that that happened to, um, they, they lost their vocal cord is actually permanently damaged to this day. Yeah,
2: of that. it's um, not, I had no panic. idea that that could happen, but it was yeah. terrifying when I would like, I would have to wake up in the morning and seriously think like, what do I really need to use my voice for today? And then I wouldn't speak the rest of the day because I couldn't, if I spoke too much, like I literally, I didn't have the ability to, can you imagine? That would be scary for you. Much? Yeah. Yeah especially for me online. Like I had had clients I had to talk to. I had to videos I had to make. I was really digging TikTok at that point for like starting to like point at
1: things because I was like, (laughs) no voice needed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah.
2: So, uh, I was, I was worried at one point. I was very worried. I was sure I was going to end up in the hospital, like intubated. I just, you know, and my fitness is not where it was before at this point. Um, but you know, I'll get it back there eventually.
0: How long ago was that? Um, um,
2: I got sick last October and I was sick from October through like the end of January is when it stopped getting worse and started getting better. And then by like may, I would say I was finally able to like walk and like breathe normally and um uh i had my voice uh, totally recovered like my vocal cords were totally recovered by may but i still to, the, to this day don't feel as good as I used to, like, I don't feel like I know, look, if you sit around for three months, clearly I lost muscle, I lost strength and I've worked on building that up, but I was way more interested over the past months in building up like my ability to walk without wheezing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I really spent all summer, I was kind of crazy and decided the way I was going to do that was trying to, to hike the grand Canyon, um, is what I did. So I spent <laughs> a lot more time working on my cardio capacity this summer. And at first what that meant was literally like being able to keep up with my 80 year old stepfather, like walking around a park. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't, you make it through. Wow. Um I was too exhausted and couldn't breathe. And so that's really what I've been focusing on. Yeah,
1: I was going to say that. You did the rim to rim? Is that we what did. you did in the Grand Canyon? Yeah, we that's did amazing. rim, I did I love rim right? to rim. Yeah, one day, oh, wow. rim to rim in one day.
0: Wow. How many miles is that? And um, I mean miles aside, that would be fucking difficult.
2: Yeah, it's like 23.5. We went we don't know how we did more. We did like 24. One day? Like, oh. Yeah. 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 You um, started, we started on the North Rim, hiked down all the way across the bottom and up the South Rim.
0: Was there some, some nighttime day, day, uh, night? Yeah. Oh, we started then? in the
2: dark and we ended yeah. in the dark. We should not imagine been in the dark, but we had perfect weather, which like never happens. And so we were just enjoying ourselves. We didn't feel this pressure. Usually you feel this pressure. You have to get through the hottest part of the Canyon by a certain time yeah. or you're just going to like die. They say it feels like you're in like Arizona at one o'clock in the afternoon, like, in an asphalt parking lot is how hot it is. If you don't get through there by a certain amount oh, of time, wow. but we knew right off, like it was a, such a mild, beautiful day. So we just, um, for lots of reasons, we just kind of took our time in the beginning. I regretted that much <laughs> a lot later on in the evening when we were hiking out of there in the dark. Um, but yeah, we started in the dark, we ended in the dark. It was an amazing adventure.
1: That's awesome. I believe that you're going to be hiking Katahdin with us. Matt's going to be going I, too. That's oh, my no plan. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm right. a little bit intimidated because yes. I hear
2: the, the route you guys picked is over that, what is it called? Knife's Edge? What's it called? Knife's Edge.
1: Knife's yeah. Edge? I was looking at that. I'm like, guys, are we going to fall off and die? No, <laughs> it's, it's not. The pictures are, and videos are scarier than the actual. Are they? Can, okay. You, there's so much room on each side. You okay. have, have to literally like. Purposely try to throw
0: yourself. Okay,
2: that's not yeah. what the pictures look like. The pictures look like no. I'm going to be precariously balancing on a rock. No.
0: <laughs> Looks can be if, it was,
1: if I was to do, I wouldn't do it. If that was okay, for sure. All right, because yeah. you've done how many times have you done it now, Beth? Um, like seven or eight. Holy cow! And I've done that. I've on. done that route. This will probably be the third time. So, yeah. All right.
0: I got to right. hit, yeah. hit a rock climbing gym a couple of times before we get before I do that. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. We need to rock climb? No. no. No, I don't we need to. Oh rock it's not climb. Rock.
0: Is it well, I thought you had to climb bolder. some bouldering. It's bouldering. Like,
1: it's, a, it's a little bit of bouldering, but it's really okay. like um it's it's not like you're hiking through a dirt forest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cuz the on the east coast or New England like there's a lot of rocky rocky hikes. So it's yeah. like, you know, get on the stairmaster or you know the stairs, like anything that you're going you know, up and down, like, um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And just your endurance, it's more mental than, than okay. anything. I'll be yeah. fine then yeah.
0: with the, with the amount of hiking that I already do. So yeah. yeah, it should be good.
2: Yeah. I'm used to Rocky trails, like Pennsylvania, like we are trails. It looks literally, looks like just somebody threw a bunch of boulders in a field and they're like, that's the trail.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when, when I did my first hike uh, up Mount Pantata and I was like, you guys, this isn't fucking hiking. This is not yeah. hiking. Like you cannot call this hiking. Yeah. Like, yeah, there is no dirt. There's no dirt. <laughs> <laughs> <It's all> rocks. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's exactly so beautiful. What doing. It's so beautiful.
2: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks
1: for inviting me. Oh my god,
0: yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to it now. It, who else? Do you have any other anybody else that's going to be there? Beth?
1: Um, I I believe Iris. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know her. She's my client. Iris, Iris. Deadlifts.
0: I think is her name. On, yeah, on Instagram. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. Her awesome. and her husband, I believe. Okay. And, Amazing. Um, I guess you know really anyone that wants to, that can uh, withstand, or that won't want to turn around. Go turn it around. <laughs> no, go no turn it
2: around. No, no person left back. Yeah. No, person left no person left behind. No
1: person left behind. Yeah.
0: I love that. Uh, I'm excited. It's, when it's, that's going to be? What in May or so?
1: I'm thinking no August.
0: August. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Towards cool. the towards the end, middle end of August. Okay.
0: Mm. I'm, I'm already what, filling I'll up my to, calendar next year. So I, I need to, I'll have to put that like a block for like a couple of weeks, just while you well, f- work on the dates. Yeah, you,
1: And the thing is you can't, you have to reserve a parking spot and you can't reserve parking spots because they fill up very quickly until I think April or May anyway. Uh, so okay. um, it's like a reservation type thing. You have to get at the gate at like six in the morning and you have to have a parking spot You you know, you sign, you have to sign in because the, uh, what do they call us? The Rangers need to know like who's coming up who's and off the there. mountain. Yeah. So if anyone's left, you know, yeah.
0: Okay. Woohoo! Sweet. Um, so I'm, I'm really intrigued by this powerlifting com- um, talk too. That's something that I was looking at doing before COVID hit. And then I actually got COVID as well during, you know, a little over a year ago. Um, but I'm actually, okay. I've been in a, str- I've been in a strength phase now for the last couple of months, and I've really been putting on a lot of my numbers have really been improving. I haven't tested my maxes or anything, but I'm I'm starting to get that itch. Like maybe it's time for me to do my first competition. So
2: wow, I highly recommend it. It's a great experience, you know, and yeah. the first one's really fun because like you don't have anything you're trying to beat. You're just trying to put some numbers up there. Right. right. And, just, um, and so it's fun to see like, where am I? And then it gets kind of cool after to see like, okay, cause it's really about beating yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's who you're really going against in powerlifting. It's really fun to see like, okay, like, last meet I did this. What can I do more? Can I do better next time?
0: Yeah. Beth, is that, is that something you'd ever want to do? Cause did you mention you were going to go to the, I the was one going to before or?
1: COVID with, with a bunch of the girls, but um, you know, I don't know now. I, it's, you know, never say never. I, I feel <laughs> yeah. like things have, things have shifted and changed a little bit more like I'm more like in the business mode and um, yeah. coaching right now. Um, And I'm like, Oh my God, where would I fit that that in? It's like, I want to, I want to run. I want to like do all these things. And I'm like, now like (laughs) my schedule is not open as it used to be.
2: Yeah, it's true. Um, And that's another one of the reasons I just haven't really pushed myself to start training for another meet. It's a lot. Like you're not, you're not missing workouts. If you have, if once you've selected a meet, like you're not missing a workout, like that's top priority and it's in your sleep. Like you got to get your sleep and you got to eat it's really, it's if, if, if it's important to you, you got to do all those things, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm building my business, and you know, I'm yeah. trying to find, it's, you know, it's elusive, I don't really believe in work-life balance, it's definitely, that's definitely elusive, but I'm trying to be better about that, because you mm-hmm. know, in the past five years, there were definitely times where I was working 80, 90 hours a week, and like, my kids are growing up, and I don't want them to leave and be like, where'd you go, where was I the last couple yeah. of years? Um, and so, for me right now, um, I'm not going to compete at this moment, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I can fit things in more like hiking and fit in a little bit better. And I still strength train three to four times a week. And I still lift heavy. Like I'm still squatting, benching and deadlifting. I'm just prepping for, for a meet. So it, it doesn't freak me out. If I'm like, I
1: got to cut my workouts back this week. Right. Yeah. It's an investment in your time for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. For me personally. Do you have any
1: strength goals right now, Kim? Um,
2: Nothing really for me right now. It just really is about consistency. Um, mm-hmm. just if, if I get all my workouts in, I'm I'm happy. Um, I always like to get stronger, but for the first time in a long time, no, like I'm always like, I'm chasing, you know, this number for my deadlift, or I'm trying to get this number for this number of pull-ups. Mm-hmm. But right now I just, having been so sick for so long, I'm just really grateful when I can get in the gym and do what I want. And like, I feel good. And so yeah. I really just want to use exercise as a way to feel good, be strong. And, um, that's enough for me right now. Yeah.
0: Were you going to say something, Matt? I'm sorry. She no, you're good. She made a really good point there um, about the numbers that you're chasing for your total. Your you know your squat bench deadlift. Um, I've actually struggled with that about two years ago. I was so obsessed with just improving my total and getting needing to see that number move up. And it's the same thing with the scale too, right? You can have the same mentally. It was fucking draining, and it was I was falling out of love with strength training because I was so obsessed with. Can I get a 500 pound deadlift? Can I get a 405 pound squat? Like I was just so fixated on that number, which really, yes, it's a tangible number. It's I either hit it or don't, but I was, I wasn't enjoying the process. I wasn't enjoying getting stronger and feeling stronger. So that was a big yeah. uh, mindset shift for me.
2: Yeah. And I was in the same spot and it was right before COVID. And I was—I decided for my New Year's resolution that year, um, instead of setting like my typical, which is like, I'm going to finally get that 300 pound deadlift because I'd gotten so close. Instead of doing that, I set for my goal, like the process of what would it take to get that, which is what I'd been working on anyway, but I wanted to stop focusing on the number. And so my goal was I'm not going to miss a workout. Like I will not miss a workout. I'm going to hit four workouts a week for the next I don't remember how many months I had said in my mind, it's been a couple of years now. Um, and I'm going to get the right amount of sleep. And so I was like, I'm going to get seven hours of sleep and I'm not going to miss a workout. And that's going to be the goal that's going to get me to the 300 pound deadlift. Um, and then COVID came and I all heck broke. Everything, went,
0: everything goes up.
2: <laughs> I, I really did feel like this, like sense of like, like relief that it wasn't this like constant, like thinking in my, because look, nothing like, I wasn't going to go in the gym one day and be like, okay, that was the workout that got me the 300 pound deadlift, but just getting in there every single time and putting in the work, eventually I would have gotten there. And so it was was like a relief to focus on what I was doing rather than the number. Same thing with the scale. Like you guys can't make that scale move. Can't make it show. You know, one forty-five. But you can focus on okay today. I'm going to hit my protein target. I'm going to hit my calories, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get my steps in and do my workout. And when you like laser focus on those things, the number is going to show up when it's going to show up.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You can't you can't foresee the future. You can't make it happen any quicker, but you can control. What your actions what are you doing? and we talked about that yeah. with Eric Roberts, actually, when he was on our podcast, your actions meeting your goals, right? So your goal get stronger, improve your numbers on your, on your lift, your actions. And like you said, are going to be hitting your workouts four times a week for eight, 12 weeks mm-hmm. or whatever it t- takes, mm-hmm. um, proper recovery, sleep, think, all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's true.
1: Stop focusing on that freaking scale number, everyone. That's true. <laughs>
0: i think really stop focusing on the end result honestly like you can say that with anything the scale definitely definitely the scale but stop fixating on hype on the on the end results and enjoy the process and and just be in the moment right like stop worrying about things tomorrow a year from now and
2: it's true it's important to know where you want to go right so we're not saying like don't have end goals it's important to know like here's where i want to go and then really like map backwards. and say like, what do I need to get there? And yeah. then that's what you focus on. And that's what you measure success by. So like, did I do this or did I not do it? Okay. I did it. Great. If I didn't do it, what can I do to make sure I do it tomorrow? Right? So it's like every day you're like, okay, I'm trying to hit my protein target, but I'm not doing it. All right. What do I need to, uh, what do I need to change to make sure I do hit that tomorrow? And it mm-hmm. just is such a more empowering way to look at it than like, oh my gosh, like I'm three days closer to the date where I'm supposed to hit 150 pounds. Like, what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing you can do about that. It just, it sets up this like sense of like panic where then people start trying to like do the quick fix stuff because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be like 150 pounds by June 3rd. And now I've already had a month and I haven't lost as much. Now I need to lose more. Okay. Now I guess I'm doing a juice cleanse. Right. And we can really start chasing Mm. our tail Mm. with that stuff. So know what your end goal is, but don't focus on it and stop giving yourself arbitrary end goals, like tying a weight to a date. I don't like that kind of, you can't make it happen. You know, you can't make it happen.
0: Yeah. Too much stress. Yeah. A lot of stress, a lot of stress. Amazing. Um, so Kim, what's, what's in store for you? You, you said you're starting your new program. Uh, is that the begin, beginning yes. of the year then?
2: Beginning of the year, um, Fitter After 40 will go live again. That's okay. the big thing I have coming up. Um, can always find me over um on my podcast. I have a podcast as well. Fitness actually, Amazing. I have two. Fitness Simplified Ooh, is yeah. my solo podcast. Um, new episode every week, and then I have another podcast with two other coaches. It's called The Decades of Strength. Marcy Nevin and Katie Crocus and I do that, and that's women. Um, we represent different decades: thirties, forties, fifties, and we just all oh, kind cool. of sit
0: around talking. Oh,
2: okay. or- you know about whatever health, fitness, um, mindset kind of topic um, we're jamming on that day. You kind of think of yourself. People messing me all the time. They're like, "It sounds kind of silly, but I feel like I'm just sitting around the table talking to you." And I'm like, "That's not uh-huh. silly. That's literally what we designed it to sound yeah, like." Right. Um, That's decades. Awesome. Ago, so you can find me there. Kim Schlag Fitness everywhere else.
0: Amazing. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been amazing. Yes. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice. Early to Really appreciate to you it.
0: Thanks all for right, having. Me.
1: Woohoo! Yeah. Have a good
0: one. Thank all you so right. much. Okay.
1: Bye. Thanks, all,
0: right. all right. So Beth, what, what did you think of that one? What, what was your takeaway there? I, I have my own opinion, but I don't want to, I want to let you lead because I don't want people to think I'm mansplaining because I get accused of ah. mansplaining all the fucking time when I talk about,
1: oh my god, you know,
0: women and going through the change and, and, and peri and, and post-menopause and everything. So
1: I think, you know, uh, it just, you know, not focusing on your weight, a focusing on strength, um, and realizing that, you know, not to let this time of our lives, um, you know, take over. I, I don't know what the word is for it, but, um, you know, really go through this time the best that you can, you know, like strength training, eating nutrient dense foods, getting more movement, focusing on sleep. Like it really all comes down to the basics, um, as with everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say is that what Kim was talking about was that she was literally just reiterating the basics, you just got to be a little bit more focused on those things, you just got to tune them in a little bit more, most likely, but that's really fucking all it is like we need to focus on being strong as we fucking can, you know, Mm -hmm. just work on being strong, drinking enough water, um, managing our stress levels. Um, and getting a good night's sleep and re- rest and recovery. Those are the fundamentals yeah. that av- that apply to everybody. doesn't matter your That's age, sex doesn't, doesn't matter. It, it applies to everybody. That's the basis for, for a healthy life and a good balanced right. lifestyle.
1: And the fact that, you know, I think everyone thinks that, you know, I, I just suddenly gain weight when I'm in my forties and fifties and my belly, but it just goes mm-hmm. to show you that your it, calorie surplus, your body weight is just shifting. You know, you're gaining fat in now a different area rather than, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. For so. sure. Um, shit, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a Wednesday already. Um,
1: I know. I, you know, and she was talking about like, um, you know, in menopause or perimenopause that, yeah. you know. Okay, like, I remember what I was
0: going to say now, but yeah, go ahead. The,
1: the brain thing and then talking. I've been sometimes noticed now that I'm talking like I'll some. Like words will come out mixed up, like it's almost like Pig Latin, and I'm like, okay, what the fuck is what the fuck is wrong with me? I'll like, yeah, miss like words will exchange in the same sentence, and it's happened. We're to the point where I'm like, oh my god, do I have like something neurologically wrong with me? And she just made me realize it's probably because a, I'm going to be 49 in like two weeks. Um, it's just weird shit happens.
0: Mm-hmm. So how long have you been personally? Going through through peri- perimenopause
1: probably since I was like forty when I quit drinking is when I really noticed. Oh wow! Okay, and that that was the reason I quit drinking was because it was affecting me really like I was getting um tachycardia, like really weird heart palpitations. Yeah. Um. Scary. And I'm like, yeah, it was, and then at, I would get sudden like blurry vision, like I would be in my driveway and suddenly like. Um, my eyes would like shift around and everything would become blurry and then it would be normal. I would have to actually sit down on the ground and close my eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, I got checked out by like the eye doctor, you name it. And they're like, you're fine. So yeah.
0: And then, uh, uh, you know, being an alcoholic and that was probably masking a lot of the symptoms or you just didn't, Uh you just weren't able to be in tune with your body. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What I was going to say was, this goes back. You remember that study that was released a few months ago that that created quite a stir about how like our metabolic rate doesn't really change that much from the age of twenty to sixty, whether you're right. male or or female. Um, I can, It kind of goes back to that. Yes, like the hormones are are going to be changing. Get them checked out. Get get that taken care of if it's an issue. But for the most part, like you just didn't, still need to continue focusing on the the basics and the fundamentals, the yeah. the, the fucking foundations of our house you know you can't have a strong a strong house with that with a shitty foundation which is our sleep and stress and hydration and muscles those are the
1: math that's the magic right there there's no fucking magic other than what you just said sleep
0: no fucking magic people (laughs) man you
1: just you just gotta like where do i start it's like you Mm -hmm. start with the fucking basics it's like how are you sleeping you getting enough water what's your stress look like
0: right answer those questions. And then, and then we can talk. I always tell people that we're not even going to entertain yeah. this conversation until you can at least answer those questions. Then we'll talk about right. how we can work on those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Amazing. Good.
1: That was a great podcast. Right. I'm excited. I was, yeah, I loved hearing about her powerlifting experience. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women should, you know, like, listen, she did it started that at 45. I
0: and mean, I love that she, it was 45. I thought it might've been a little bit sooner than that, but that's amazing. Yeah.
1: It's never too late. When someone says I'm 60, is it too late for me? No, it is not too late. You guys
0: never, never, ever too late. I think back of, um, these videos that I see of like great grandmas, you know, like deadlifting, like Kim said, twice or three times their body weight. And Mm -hmm. And then you get the people, of course, like, oh, that's, that's unhealthy. but those people are just idiots. But, um, yeah. like you said, it's never too late, it's literally never too late to take charge of your health and to focus on being stronger guys. Like if we can yeah. focus, we need to shift our thinking from weight loss to being healthy and being strong. Yeah. If you folks, yeah. if you can change your mindset to being strong, the nothing can stop you. Like,
1: because yeah. I mean, think of it like you want to be stronger when you get older because we, you fall on the ground. You don't want to be so fucking weak. You can't get up.
0: Right. Then you're going to find I yourself in a home or some assisted living. Yeah. Somebody, somebody take somebody wiping your own ass at the age of 50 or 60 or something. Yeah, you don't that. want that. No, no. no. So uh, well, let's do this. Everybody that's listening to this podcast right now, if you're sitting down in a chair, stand up from the chair without your hands. Can you do it like un- unassisted, right? Like, because if, if you need to, if you need to brace yourself to stand up from a chair that's that's a problem that you know that we can that you can correct um that's mm-hmm. a really good test of, of your functional fitness and, and, and overall strength and same from getting down off the ground too that you could take on it, the, floor, yeah. the floor yeah you could sit down on the floor how and there's a couple of different ways you can get up from the floor but you you don't want to use your hands you know um so you can you can sit there, bend your leg, you can put it out to the side and embrace yourself, mm-hmm. or you can just stand straight up, you know, but there's a lot of different ways to do that. So try, also get on the floor and, and try to stand up without using your hands on the ground. Let us yeah. know Dan, how that goes for you.
1: Yeah. Dan John, do you know who Dan John is? Um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Strength coach Dan John. He has a whole thing about the, I went to a seminar, he was t- coach or speaking at, and he was like the get ups and get downs. Mm. You know, So we used to have um, people at the gym, we would say, okay, let's get on the floor and get up and get down um, as like a a movement, functional movement. And it's interesting to see how actually difficult that can be for some people.
0: Yeah. And we're not here to shame you for that. We're just here to raise awareness that, that, that is, that is a very good indicator of, of strength and, and, and all cause mortality further down the road. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a direct correlation with that. And I've done I've done a video on that on TikTok. For that stand-up test, and people got pissed when I talked about it. But like, guess really? what? I'm not. Yeah, because they're like, you're scaring people. I'm like, well, maybe they should be scared. If you can't stand up yeah. unassisted, that's a fucking problem. I'm sorry, yeah. but it is for real. So yeah. Um. So if the if you guys are having that problem, if is if you can't do that send, send myself or Beth a DM. We can either give you a free, a couple of free tips to help you start working on that. Or we can work with mm-hmm. us, um, one-on-one join our teams and we can formulate a, a program or a plan to help you improve your strength and mobility and yeah. your functional fitness. Right. So exactly. Awesome. Okay, Beth, thank you so much for your time. Right, today. Beth. It was a good one.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Bye. Right, bye. And that is a wrap for this episode of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. Did we help you cut through the bullshit? We want to know. Send us a DM on Instagram and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. And if you did find this one helpful, why not share this episode with a friend? I know I personally love it when a friend shares their favorite podcast with me along with a text saying, Oh my God, you have got to check out this podcast. You'll love it. And of course... Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes.